2: You're stranded on an island. Forever. But don't freak out because you get to bring one dish with you. Your desert island
1: dish.
0: What is it? Every week your hosts, Paul and Tegan, that's us... Hello! ...hello, will ask this question. They'll chat with and torment a literal raft of guests on the island who'll dish up stories, gossip and culinary secrets.
2: But they all have one big thing in common. They bloody love food.
0: Welcome to Dish Island.
2: Bonjour. Je m'appelle Tigan Et j'ai tout le temps faim. Je vais faim hier. J'ai faim aujourd'hui. J'ai toujours faim. What? It's just basically how you say, hello, I'm a hungry, hungry hippo in French. Hum. Welcome to Dish Island. My name is Tegan Higginbotham. This is Paul Verhoeven. And Paul, we have got a big week of food podcasting.
0: We absolutely do. Now, first of all, would you like to lead with what's happening tomorrow?
2: We are releasing a very special Easter episode because we know that so many of our listeners out there are consciously going into this Easter trying to prioritize quality over quantity. We want Good, chalky, dag nabbit. Many of us will be shopping ethically this year and trying to support local chocolatiers. Well, tomorrow to help you make those choices, we will be speaking to a chocolate sommelier, which is apparently a real thing. So make sure that you listen to that episode. But Paul, this season there has been a real flavour of nostalgia. We have been fortunate enough to speak to so many people who we have loved from our childhoods but your guest today really takes the cake.
0: Yeah, so if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, you absolutely watched the Indiana Jones films. And we went to a Macca's one time, Tegan, and there was a there was like a meal deal where if you paid extra, you got a copy of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in like a cardboard slipcase.
2: That was like your Happy Meal
0: prize. You had to pay some extra for it. Okay. But the thing is, we missed out on the other two. So the first indie film I saw was the Temple of Doom. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, and the character who who immediately grabbed me was Short Round, who is basically Indy's kind of sidekick. Yes. Now, Temple of Doom is a prequel to the other films, so he never appeared in the other movies, but the actor who played him, this fantastic child actor, next appeared in The Goonies. Yes. As a character called Data. Of course, I'm talking about Ki-Hai Kwan, who is... Look, he's out of retirement, which is absolutely incredible. So he disappeared from the public eye after these two films. Well, this
2: is the thing because when you told me that you were speaking to Key, yeah. and of course I know Key's work predominantly from Indiana Jones where he he did an incredible job. I mean, the guy went neck and neck with Harrison Ford and I think he he kept up. like yeah. His performance is outstanding. So when you told me that you were talking to Key, I was like, wow, okay, what an incredible person. But, yeah, where has he been for the past, I don't know, 30
0: years? He's been doing all kinds of stuff. So every couple of years I would literally Google him to see if he was okay. And at one point someone said, oh, he's choreographing fight scenes in martial arts films. Awesome. Someone said he had a role in a soap opera across somewhere in East Asia. And then at one point I heard that he was basically – off-camera on Wong Kar Wai movies. Now, Wong Kar Wai is one of my favourite directors out of Hong Kong, does absolutely incredible stuff. So, about a couple of months ago, somebody told me that there was a film coming out called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it's a big, weird arthouse film set in this kind of, like, multiverse, and it follows Michelle Yeoh, who we, we all know and love. We all know. And she plays this woman called Evelyn, who runs this run-down, kind of dinky laundromat, and her husband, called Waymond, is played by Key. And what happens is it turns into this, like, multiverse of madness film. It's directed by the Daniels. They did a film called Swiss Army Man, which had uh, Daniel Radcliffe as a farting corpse. Did you ever see this movie?
2: Oh, yes. I No, I have not seen it yet, but I <laughs> want to see it because, because it's Harry Potter and I will see it yeah, but it. yeah,
0: it's dead farting Harry Potter with Paul Dano. Anyway, they've made this movie and it is absolutely incredible it's sort of one part martial arts film one part sci-fi mixed with eternal sunshine of the spotless mind it's it's a really amazing fractured strange film and the one thing everyone's talking about is how great this key guy is and then i have to go hang on that's short round (laughs) from temple of doom so when i had the chance to actually chat with key one of the hurdles i did not actually vault was to tell him that he was imprisoned on Dish Island now.
2: Well, this is the thing, Paul, because we have trapped him on our island forever. <laughs> he doesn't know. You didn't seek permission. I mean, we never do really seek permission from the for the kidnapping aspect of what we do. But but Key really didn't see this coming. Nevertheless, you've brought him here, and I've just got to say, look, I've looking behind the curtain here, everybody. I've listened to this interview, Paul, that you conducted with Key, and the emotion that key shows i mean i'm actually sad that he's going to be trapped here forever because he seems like a nice person that it would have been nice if more people back home got to meet but that's that opportunity's gone now
0: yeah he's also an incredible martial artist so if anyone can fight their way off the island it's him so enjoy this interview with Key hua kwan
1: hi paul hi Key. how you doing very well. Are you in God. Australia?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm down in Melbourne.
1: Okay, how are things going over there?
0: I don't know, man. It's weird. It's been two two years of really strange lockdown stuff. So, I mean, the first film I saw after after being trapped indoors for a couple of years was this. So as you can imagine, it completely ruined me.
1: Wow, wow, that's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that our movie uh, is coming out now because I, I, I think, uh, you know, we're at, at a time where, first of all, you know, the last two years has been so difficult for everybody. So for us to be able to go back to a movie theater and watch it in person, it's great. And I, I hope our movie can allow the audiences to escape the real world just for a little bit. And and, and hopefully they'll enjoy oh, our movie.
0: I like the idea that you've basically made 100 films in one and none of them is as weird as what's happening in the real world right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I grew up kind of, you know, watching your films and we all knew that you did Taekwondo set of Temple of Doom. So we all went and did Taekwondo and we we're all big nerds. So the Goonies was a huge deal for us. And then years later, I was studying film at uni and I was studying Wong Kar Wai films. And I read that you were kind of working on set of his movies. Is that true?
1: Yep. I worked film for many years. Uh, I was an assistant director on two zero four six, I I help assisted uh, you know his, his projects in development. Uh, but yeah. what's really cool about it is that you know I I I saw because I I'm a big fan of Wong Kar right, and I love all those beautiful images that he he he, he creates and it's incredible. Yeah. I mean I got great stories about how he does them too. But see, to, I you know I watched Tony Learn step in front of the camera for you know for for, for many years and to do all that and for us. To pay homage to the man I love dearly, and I learned tremendously a lot from uh, in the yeah. in the movie star universe. Uh, but this time, I'm not behind the camera, but I'm in front of the camera, uh, and it was it was it was something quite refreshing for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say you basically got to make a comeback into like a hundred films in one. But when you read the script, did it present on the page as weird and kinetic? As as it did on screen,
1: yeah. Well, first of all, I I, I was I was warned, and uh, and I was told you <laughs> need to you need to first watch Swiss Army Man, otherwise yeah, you're not yeah. going to get it. Uh, so I I watched Swiss Army Man, and I laughed and I cried, I fell in love with the characters, I was totally immersed in the movie, and I mm-hmm. thought, wow, if they if the Daniels can do that with this with this outrageous movie the storyline about a corpse a corpse that farts throughout the entire movie they can do anything and you know what yeah. and they did it again with this movie they made me cry they made me laugh real hard i w- i watched it two times now three times now and i'm totally in, in and it's just outrageous it's so inventive and original and so out there i have no idea how they come up with this stuff like the hot dog universe the yeah you know the, the the butt plugs you know i mean we it, it was insane when i read it i got it I I, I I i see it but i just didn't know how far they were taken out into the motives yeah. uh yeah. it was it was a beautifully written script it was very poetic uh the dialogue was amazing the characters were beautiful and i was just so anxious to go on set and see how they would realize all these beautiful words and make it and put it up on the screen. And they did it beautifully. And I think they have succeeded. Wow. It, it's just, I, I'm speechless. Uh, and I'm so proud. Yeah.
0: Of it, well, you should be. It's amazing. And you specifically, you get the segue from kind of meek laundromat owner to, you know, like a universe hopping hero, which of those two extremes is more like the real you in real life. And I am giving you the chance to talk yourself up here by the way.
1: <laughs> you know what I, you know, had had this role been offered to me 10 15 years ago I don't think I would have been able to do it
0: mm. uh, yeah. I I
1: um, you know I, I really when 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 the role was offered to me uh, and and as I was doing research and and thinking how I want to play these three different versions of the character mm. number one was I, I really needed to make them as if they were three separate characters in which they really are uh yeah. And, and, and I wanted to make sure that the audience was also able to distinguish these three different characters. And I mean, honestly, I mean, it's such a, it's such a wonderful character. And I really wanted to do justice to it. So I, I mentally for a long time, I really reached within me and, and to, to take myself back to, you know, to where I started and just pull all these different experiences and, 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 and moments in my life and I wanted to pour it all in into the different Waymans. Uh, for example, uh, the CEO Wayman and the, you know that, that universe is so glamorous. He's yeah. very successful. he has all the money in the world and yet he is not happy because uh, he had to make the, 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 he had to go down a path he wasn't willing to go, but he was forced to go when he lost the love of his life. And I it kind of draw me back to the time when I was in my early twenties, and the my love was acting. It was it was to me it was the greatest profession, and I had to give that up because there were no opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to make that tough decision, just like CEO Wayman did when Evelyn left him. I kind of like for me it was like the acting profession didn't want anything to do with me. Uh, so that was so so it was very emotional for me to play that character. Um, and you know, and I also identify with Wayman of you know hum, you know a, a character that he believes in so much in empathy. He, he he you know he wants to you know he wants to treat people with love and respect, and that's who he is. and and I think that's how we all should be, you know, yeah, so it was yeah, and and I hope I don't disappoint I, I and I really, I mean I I pour my heart and soul and all my life into into these the characters and and I hope and I hope the audience, finds it uh, fun and amusing to see me as an adult after having seen me for so long up on the screen. And the last time they saw me was when I was a little kid or an awkward teen, you know? Uh, So for me me to return in a role where I play a middle-aged man uh, in, in, in not one, but different versions of Wayman, uh, I hope they find that new and interesting, you know. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm Mark Maron from the WTF
0: podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues Well, it's but it's not just the it's not just the performative stuff it's also physical I mean I, I don't know how to say it because we, we call them bum bags here in Australia but the fanny pack fight scene was absolutely bananas and it, it, it like elicited an audible gasp from me because the prowess I mean this was proper Shaw brothers stuff like it was beautiful fighting but when you choreograph a fight scene like that are they Is the fight scene being structured around using a traditional kung fu weapon and then they sub the bum bag in at the
1: end? Or are you
0: literally handed a fanny pack to build the fight around?
1: Okay, so the Daniels really know what they wanted uh, with each fight sequence in the movie. Because, you know, you have to first jump and acquire the skills from another universe. So, for example, if if you look at the fanny pack, it was nothing for, for the fanny pack. If you look at the fight sequence where Michelle was spinning the board you know, because mm. it, it comes specifically from that universe. Uh, so yeah, this, this is what they wanted and they were very clear with our action choreographers, uh, the Marshall Club boys, uh, Brian and Andy Lay. They go, we want all that to be, to be catered around this fanny pack. And it was a style called rope, uh, a wushu rope dart, which I'm not very good at. Uh, I studied Taekwondo for many years. So, and that yeah. is something that is very hard to master. And I'll get. i tell you the story. Uh, I was practicing with, with with our action team for a while, and at the very end, where Wayman swings that fanny pack around his neck, around his shoulder, and he kicks it, and the fanny pack shoots towards camera. That was something that I couldn't master in training, and I could have never. I couldn't do it uh, until, uh, uh, up until the point we we really had to uh, shoot it, and yeah. uh, and I could never get it right. And I remember Dan Kron coming up to me and says, "Key, listen, I know you did action for many years. You always have the luxury of doing 10, 20, even 30 and 50 takes just to get it right. Like get it right and don't, keep shooting until you get it right. And, uh, and he says, "Key, we got 70 shots today because it was filmed over <laughs> one and a half day, including no. all the dialogue leading up to it. Uh, and then take one, they yell action, it was a complete failure. I couldn't do it. In, in fact, I've never successfully kicked the fanny pack where it shoots toward camera. Uh, and was <laughs> to Daniels. And All they right. were like, their head was like, oh no, we we don't, we just don't have time for this, you know. Uh, and then they go, Okay, let's go again. Take two. They yell action. I swing with the fanny pack around my neck, around my shoulder, and I kicked it. And I saw. The fan pack perfectly shoots for the camera, and that was take two. The one that you see in in the in the movie is two takes. Oh. Take two. That oh was all god. we did. We did it in two takes, and they. Oh my god! I think they were so happy. I think that that really made that <laughs> day because they were so worried that we were gonna. They were not gonna have that shot because it was so important for us to get all of that in one shot, so that the audience can yeah. see it's actually me doing that and not a stunt double.
0: It's amazing on camera. It's amazing. And I got to say, like, I mean, I got to run, but I just want to say, like, you were incandescent in this film and I'm so happy to see you back on screen and I cannot wait to see what you do next, Kay. Really, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And stay safe. Oh, Paul, that
2: interview was... Really, really lovely hearing Key speak so openly and so rawly about the, the the fact that he had to give up acting because there were no roles for him. It's, yeah, that was really upsetting and beautiful and what a great chat.
0: Yeah, and he's also got a bunch of really, really big new projects in the pipeline, including another one with Michelle. They're doing a big, I think a big Disney Plus martial arts epic together. So- Yay, yeah.
2: king. come <laughs> back, Keith. Come back, Keith. He's back
0: in the game, basically. But listen, I wanted to drag this back to food because this is ostensibly a food podcast. Yeah,
2: and I was going to say, you really didn't talk with him about food there, Paul. No, I didn't. You kind of had I got one job. I
0: know, I got, I got so <laughs> starstruck and we were having some... Such a good time, and here's the thing. He mentioned the hot dog universe at one point. I'm sure you recall that. Yes, I do. Okay, so. The premise of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is that Evelyn, the lead character, finds out that there's an infinite number of universes based on all the choices you've made, and they're all incredibly different. And her character tries to tap into the power of all the Evelyns in all the universes. Great. Now, the Daniels, in all their wit and majesty, decided to focus quite a bit of the film on a universe where everyone has hot dogs for hands. It's really confronting because at one point, Evelyn and Jamie Lee Curtis's character are kind of performing... It's not fellatio, but it's not not fellatio. There's mustard coming out of people's fingers and there's huge flappy hot dogs. I saw footage at one point of one of the crew members from Everything Everywhere All at Once was in the front row of one of Hugh Jackman's musical... He's doing this big musical tour at mm-hmm. the moment. And they handed him the hot dog glove and he did the Wolverine claws with it. It's a really weird time to be a fan of anything, obviously. But... If you could have any part of your body turned into something edible. No, you know what? Let's 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 stick with hands, right? So if you were going to change your fingers into some sort of food stuff, what would it be? The problem with hot dogs, as the film proved, is that there's no bone structure. So they sort of just flop around.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. So first of all, I have so many questions. And I want to tell you how disappointed I am in you that you've taken up podcast down this path. But sure, we're here now and yep. this is what it's all about. Okay. Can the food item, the foodstuffs, mm-hmm. regenerate? Or if I have a bite of it, did I just bite off a finger? And given all of the damage that I did to my hand last year, yes, this conversation is triggering.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say it regenerates it regenerates slowly. You okay. Know, yeah.
2: Then do you know what I think I'm gonna go with? What? A crusty
0: baguette.
2: So You've got the... That's really
0: big, by the
2: way. I <laughs> know it is. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> Five is. Five
0: baguettes per wrist is not good.
2: <laughs> but look, I'm just saying that you've got the, the, the strength there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, a good French baguette, you could kill a guy with one of those things. Right. You, you've got this the structure that you need to go about your day.
0: Can I see what <laughs> mine is? Go on. This is going to really upset you and probably the listeners and probably what? Key if he's listening. What
2: about baby carrots? Is it baby carrots?
0: No, thank you. I feel sick now. No, tiger prawns.
2: Oh, my God. Well, because
0: they have that sort of like hard exterior so to stop injuries, but also they're alive so you, and they can contract. Oh, Paul, no. Yeah. And they've got little faces.
2: Oh, my God. It's so upsetting. I
0: kind of regret this whole thing. Well, I'm really excited about tomorrow's episode. I know
2: that so many people, we've had so many messages via our Instagram at Dish Island about people wanting to change up how they eat this year. Something's really happened in this post-COVID space. I'm excited to be going on this big food journey with you all. And look, if stuffing our face with really expensive but fancy chocolate is the way to do it, well, gosh, I'll just make that sacrifice.
0: Yeah. And if you want to celebrate Easter, everything, everywhere, all at once style, please consider the elusive chocolate-covered hot dog. Well, I've ruined Easter. Eat your veggies. Eat your veggies.
2: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dish Island.
0: Dish Island is a proud member of the Acas Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.